And once you know the functions of all the different parts of your brain that can lead you well down a track that you don't want to go down, you can leverage the information. You can use it in a way that benefits you. Welcome to the Liminal Zone Alchemist, the podcast for when you're stuck between the patterns of your past and the pull of your purpose. I'm your host, Sally Hardy, and each week I'll be challenging your understanding of what it is to be a human in the modern world. I'll help you free your innate genius from the socialized shadows, reconnect with your inner knowing and lean into that pool, letting your purpose guide and support you with ease to the impact that only you can make in the world. Okay, get comfy, set your brain to curious and let's get on with the episode. Hello, my shiny little bundles of fun. How are you this week? I was thinking about you when I was out on my walk this morning and I was thinking about what I might like to talk to you about today. And this is a subject that I teach within the Sovereign Safety Masterclass and it's something that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I feel you would get great advantage from knowing every human. would get great advantage from knowing this. And it's about the interconnectedness. It's about mindset, but not in a positive psychology type way. It's about mindset as a heuristic and how mindset or how your mental models interact with the thing in your brain called the reticular activating system or the RAS for short. So what are these things? What are heuristics? What are, what are mindsets? Well, a heuristic, a mental model, a mindset is a method that your brain has developed of making decisions based on past experience. They are deep foundational beliefs, deep foundational models that represent the world, deep, deep ways of thinking that the brain puts in place when you are in a situation of repeated action, repeated situation. So things that get remembered very quickly or get remembered very strongly are things that have big emotional ties, things that have pain attached, things that are given to you from someone in a position of authority or things that like they have danger attached to them or things that are repeated things that happen again and again and again. The brain puts these things in place into habit in basically in our unconscious, like it packs it away in the big old filing cabinets of our brain. Why? To save calories. Your brain is the highest user of metabolic calories in your entire body. It's not moving, it's not running, it's not (laughs) any of those things it's your brain. So one of the largest reasons that the brain likes to develop habits, mindsets, ways of thinking, heuristics, is because it is energy efficient. And another reason that it likes to do this is that if you have had a lesson that has had pain in it somewhere in life, and I don't mean a lesson like you asked for it, I mean a cause and effect that has caused you pain, it doesn't want to be in pain. It doesn't want your body to be in pain. So those lessons are remembered very strongly. And your brain wants comfort and it seeks that comfort in a lack of conflict, in ease, in not being in a position where it's challenged, in being supported in something that it it already believes, in routine. Because we can put up with so 
much when it's habit. We can put up with the most awful things if it's routine, if it's habit. So the brain likes to engage in habit purely because it's energy efficient, not because it's fun, not because you want to, but because it's energy efficient. That's what a, like a, a heuristic, a sort of a, an overview of what a heuristic is. And now I want to talk about the reticular activating system, which I will call RAS. If any of you have seen <laughs> any of my Instagrams on this, you know that it's because razzle dazzle, it just, it stuck in my brain when I was learning about this, when I was 18 at university learning about psychology, the reticular activating system, system, there we go, system, the RAS is actually, it's a really small part of the brain, but it's got a big job. It, it starts at the top of the spinal column and it goes about two inches up and it's about the width of a pencil or your little finger, assuming that your little finger is roughly the same diameter as a pencil. It's about that size. It's not that big, but all of your senses, with the exception of smell, all of your senses go, are like, are, are wired directly into this area of your brain, this little bundle of neurons. But the thing is that the sensory information that the RAS gets from the world, from your senses, with the exception of smell, is so vast, it's so huge, it's billions of bytes of information, it's too much. It's too much for our conscious mind to process. And so the RAS becomes a gatekeeper, right? This amazing little tiny bundle of neurons becomes responsible for the amount of information and what kind of information comes into your conscious mind. So its job is to ensure that the brain receives only what's important for it to, and only the, the amount that it can handle. And it does this basically according to one category. Is it relevant or is it not? Now, there are some things that always get through. If there's anything to do with danger, that always gets through. If your name is called, that always gets through. And I'm going to have to go back and look this up, but I think there is something to do with sex. Like if somebody, if there is an offer of sex, that always gets through, but I might have to check on that one. So outside of those things, is it relevant or is it not? And the information that comes through is how it decides whether you should be aroused, whether you should be paying attention to something, whether you should be motivated to do a certain kind of behavior, right? So it kind of like, it, it controls what comes in in terms of arousal, attention, sensation, and focus. Focus. But it does so, like I said, with this relevant or, rele or not relevant, like it does so with a filter in place of relevance or not relevance, relevance or not relevant, by being informed. What is important, asks the Raz. You tell me, conscious mind, unconscious mind, you tell me what's important. There are some things that I've got down, like danger, get that, your name, got that. But, but what's important? What do you want me to look for? Like a little, you imagine like a little sniffer dog at the airport, like it's been trained to smell for a certain drug. And there may be different dogs that have specific skills to smell for specific drugs, right? They have a job to do. That's what the RAS does. It's like, what do you want to train me to look for? Hmm. Now, 
you may start thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Now I see how the RAS and your mindset can play together. Because what we believe is important is kind of based on what we believe is true. So we can split these into two separate categories. There's what we believe is important and what we believe is true, but there is awful lot of overlap within those two things. So in terms of what we believe is important, if I invited you into my, my office and I said, right, you're going to walk from one door and you're going to go out the other door. And as you pass through my room, I'd love you to see all of the things in this space that are yellow. You may go through and you'd be like, oh, well, you know, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. And when you get to the other side, I'm going to, right, okay. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to tell me how many things you saw that were blue. And your eyes would shoot back open again and be, hang on, woman. You told me you wanted me to look for yellow things. Now you're asking me for blue, but I wasn't paying attention to the blue things. I was paying attention to the yellow things. Now the entire room could be painted blue, but because you asked your brain to find yellow things, that is what your brain looks for. It's the same reason that when you get a new car or a car in a certain color, or you decide you're going to do something to your house or you, the decisions that you make in life, as soon as you make them, you suddenly look right. For me, it was when I was pregnant. I hadn't noticed anybody being pregnant before. And then when I was pregnant, suddenly I was looking around and it seemed like every other woman, every other human with a uterus around me was pregnant, like, and, or had just had babies because my brain was primed for what was important to me at that point in life. But it's really important to recognize that just because those are the things that your RAS is picking up, it doesn't mean that those are the only things. That is not a true representation. For example, my room, my office does contain blue things as well. Just because you didn't notice them when you, when you were asked or when you asked your brain to look for yellow, it doesn't mean that the blue ceased to exist. Just because I noticed a lot of pregnant humans around, it doesn't mean that there were only pregnant humans around, right? My Raz was looking for the specific thing that I was interested in, that what was important to me. And then what I believe to be true, this is like the basis of, of cognitive bias. We will see data, we will find data, or we will interpret data in a way that suits how we already think. This you'll often find in court cases where the same piece of information can be given by both sides. And as a spectator, we may say that the, the lawyers are, the solicitors are, I don't know what the, the barristers, I think they are, are twisting the information. And actually they are seeing the data from their perspective. They're seeing it from the mental model of supporting or defending or, or prosecuting, or they will find a way of looking at that same piece of data Statistics can say, you know, exactly the same statistics can give very, very varying interpretations. Cognitive bias, when we see data that reinforces, that confirms our, our mindset, our heuristic, our opinion. And this is because our brain quite simply doesn't want to use the calories to think differently, <laughs> right? There is comfort 
in knowing that we're right. That's where dogma comes from, right? Righteousness, this rightness and wrongness. When you know that actually there's a brain faculty working towards that, I hope that you will offer a little more compassion to yourself if you find yourself in a position that you are dogmatic or you are righteous or you are with somebody who is behaving in that way. But who programs what's relevant? Who programs this amazing sniffer dog? Well, our life does. And then our awareness does. We do. Heuristics. We believe them so deeply that we often don't question them. We, we just believe that they're true. Like, you asked me to look for yellow things. I found the yellow things. Like, you asked me to believe this thing, says the reticular activating system. You asked me to believe that, name any one of a thousand things. I will find you evidence for that. That's my job. And because we find evidence, we don't question the truth. So if you have a mindset, if you have a mental model that says, oh, I'm, I'm rubbish at this, or it takes me a really long time to pick things up, you will find evidence to support that. That's the job that your RAS has been given. If you have a deep belief that bad things happen in threes, for example, and one bad thing happens, you will be on the lookout for the other two. If you have a deep belief that it is dangerous to speak up or tell the truth, which may have been based on an experience in your life or things that you have been told, lessons that you have learned, you will have found repeated evidence for that in your life and you will continue to. Because when you're looking for yellow, you're not looking for blue. When you're looking for evidence that it is dangerous to speak up, you're not looking for evidence that it is not, that it is safe to speak up, that there are spaces where people would love you to speak up. We always find evidence for what we believe to be true. Now, that doesn't mean that the evidence that our RAS finds is wrong. It doesn't mean that the things that it's seeing out there in the world aren't actually happening. It's just not the whole picture, right? Like I said, there were blue things in the room. The whole picture is that the room has yellow and blue in it. Now, if you don't know this, if you don't know about this faculty of the brain, it's a total pain in the arse to move away from a belief whether it's serving you and that's great, or whether it's not serving you and you would like to move away from it, if you are not aware of it, if you're not aware that it's a belief, and if you're not aware of the function of the, of the RAS, then you can feel really stuck. Inside the Sovereign Safety Masterclass, we do a lot of work on unpacking these things, on unpacking the things that we assume are true about the world, that we have banks and banks and banks of evidence to support. And another thing that we do is that we, we see the structure of the brain. The very often simple functions like this that I've just described to you. I mean, it's a sophisticated filter. It's a sophisticated gatekeeper, the reticular activating system, but it's simple. I mean, once you know, you can't unknow, right? So once you know the functions of all the different parts of your brain that can lead you well down a track that you don't want to go down, you can leverage the information. 
you can use it in a way that benefits you because heuristics can change. So as much as the RAS can support a belief that, that there's something fundamentally wrong with me, and I can find so much evidence for that, which by the way is not true, there is nothing wrong with any human in the world. If it can support that, exactly the same structures in the brain can be leveraged to support a different belief. It can equally support a belief that you are 100% worthy, which I would love to offer you is something that I believe is fundamentally true. And it serves me to believe that. And it serves you to believe that. And it serves you for me to believe that. <laughs> and it serves other people in the world for you to believe that. Beliefs that serve us, that add to life, that add to humanity, I'm all in on that, right? So let's leverage our brain, what we know about it, to benefit ourselves, to benefit humanity, to increase the positive gain that we can have. So unpacking old mindsets and priming your reticular activating system with new and intentional and serving mindsets, it's not, that's not positive psychology. This is deep, this is neuroscience, but it's simple. It does not have to be complicated. It does not have to be opaque. This is accessible to you right here, right now, today. There have been numerous studies on how a shift in mindset, a shift in heuristics, in your mental models, how it can change your physiology, how it can change things from metabolism, which has been quantitatively registered in glucose markers, all the way through to success rates from surgery or the time of recovery, time taken to recover from surgery where mindset, or in fact, Dr. Alia Crum, I will link to her in the show notes, was part of a clinical study where there were children with peanut allergies and there was a control group. Half of the children were told that the, the side effects that come from being treated with microdoses of peanuts actually showed that their body was beginning to tolerate the peanuts and their success rates and improval rates during that clinical trial versus the children who weren't given that information shows how, how we think about things make, can make a physiological difference in our body. You can do this now. When you know that your reticular activating system finds what you want it to find, you can program it. Okay, you can look today for all the ways that you're supported by the world in the world you can look for all the ways that show you that there is so much joy in what you do that you're great at what you do you could look today for all the evidence of how loved you are how loved you are by humans in your life. And I'm going to give you your first piece of evidence for that now because I love you very much. I hope you take a moment to sit and really think about this. Because by changing a heuristic, a mental model, a mindset, and this may be something that 
somebody outside of you can help you with, whether that's a therapist or a coach or a, a trusted other, can help you see what your mental models may be. Because sometimes, you know, when we're swimming around in something, it's actually quite a challenge to see what it is that we're swimming around in. But you will be able to know that you are swimming around in something because of the results that it is creating. When you look to these old heuristics and you start to dismantle them, if they're not serving you, and you put new ones in place, it makes a foundational change to your life. And in the same way that the heuristics that you may wish to move from, because they're not serving you, in the same way that they have been efficiently stacked in your brain, it's exactly the same functions that will stack these new, that will store, that will make efficient these new heuristics, these new mental models. You have this available to you now, today. Please use it. I'll speak to you next week. If this episode has tickled your interest and you want to learn more about how to leverage your brain while feeling safe within your body, my signature program, the Sovereign Safety Masterclass, is enrolling now, if you're listening to this in live time, until the 20th of September 2022. So if you're curious about that, head to the link in the show notes or my website, sallyhardy.com, S-A-L-L-Y-H-A-R-D-I-E.com, and you can apply there. I've been told that just filling in the application is transformation in itself. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope very much that you did, don't forget to hit subscribe so all future episodes get automatically downloaded to your listening platform. And come hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at sallyhardy underscore coach. 